Quiet on the set. Okay, everybody, quiet on the set. Scene one, take ten, Marker. Studio of WHUP LP Hillsboro. Welcome to Murmur. My name is Robert Malazzo, and over the next hour together, we'll explore where culture meets craft. Today on Murmur, we'll take a look at the state of martial arts. Actor, filmmaker, martial artist, Donnie Yen is with us. Welcome. Welcome back to Murmur. Welcome to Murmur. My name is Robert Malazzo. Always happy to be with you here every week live via WHUP-FM. Also evergreen 24-7 via iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. We have a website, murmurradio.com. Our Twitter, Instagram is at MSF Murmur. Tweet to us. Talk to us. And if you go to iTunes to download us, first of all, thank you and de- do download us. Secondly, throw a, a review on there if you like us. I'm told these things all add up in the great cosmic plan. <laughs> uh, Murmur Radio. Always excited to be here with you. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome. So today we have an honored guest, Donnie Yen. This is what I'm going to play today is a conversation Donnie and I had at uh, in London a few weeks ago at a. Convention, essentially a comic book convention in London. I was asked to bring a guest of my choosing, and I reached out to Donnie, and he accepted, and we had a great talk. When I reached out to him, I thought, I want to talk to him about the state of martial arts, and that's what you're going to hear today, that talk portion of, no, pretty much 99% of that talk you're going to hear. He wanted to do that. Uh, have that talk about that idea, about that theme, about that topic. Having, you know, thinking about Murmur and what we're trying to do, I think each episode challenges me to ask that question. What, what, what is the show trying to do? What am I trying to do? One thing I'm definitely trying to do, and it's we say every week, where culture meets craft, and, and talking with Donnie is a great example of that on the great level because we're talking to someone who's in the cultural dialogue about a piece of craft or an element of myopia, artistic creative myopia, historic myopia, state of martial arts. Now the challenge is when we go to live event spaces to do these and you're talking with artists and guests of, of a certain resume, the, the audience loves it but there is definitely a portion of the audience which is saying you know shut up and play the hits you know shut up and talk about star wars donnie is in rogue one and it's not just donnie it's events we do and and i love doing fan events fan-based events i love doing uh, talks at comic conventions and one of the reasons why is i wanted to first see 
if there's a threshold at which you could talk about really cool, articulate, interesting things in a populist kind of setting. So this challenge is ongoing and talking with Donnie is another another link in that. It's another piece of homework, another piece of research, the tolerance. There definitely is, and it's not just with Donnie, the feeling I get being in these spaces and the talk you're going to hear with Donnie, it was, it was a room, it was a room of about six or 700 people completely packed. And, you know, I'm guessing they wanted to hear him talk about star Wars and we did reference star Wars, but we, we talk about rogue one in a, in a kind of cultural historical way. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, people always ask me, how did it go? I don't know. I'm not in the audience and, Everyone is going to experience it differently. I just know that as I go and do these events and these discussions, and even on a weekly basis with this show, it, it's an interesting needle to thread. Can we add to a dialogue or can we create a form of cultural artistic dialogue that a lot of people dig in the sense of you're using case instruments that are populist in, a, in nature? Uh but can you carve something out within that within that piece of land? And all one can do is put one's head down and trust oneself. But I know the live real-time events that I do are really, they bring this mirror front and center. You know, is, is there no longer a desire to have the dialogue such as the one we have weekly and in live event spaces. Live event spaces are the most interesting acid test because you really feel the room. It's a form of performance because they're not simply interviews. They're discussion. They're dot. They're they're um, they're conversations. I like to get all the information I can, then have a then forget it and have a conversation. And and the conversation today with Donnie Yen is the state of martial arts. He's a martial artist. He, you know, before Star Wars, uh, Star Wars obviously is a great boon for anyone's career. But I, we, we reach out or I reach out to people because I'm interested in them in a vacuum, uh, in the vacuum of their work. Certain guests are in a, a, a vacuum within a Petri dish and the Petri dish here is rather wide because the Star Wars investigate, it's not even an investigation. I mean, I. Sometimes I sit there and think, you know, are movies meant to be thought about? Are media experiences meant to be dissected? And I don't know. I, I guess I don't know the answer because we keep doing them. Or, you know, the reason to keep doing them is twofold. You know the answer is yes or you don't know the answer. When I know the answer is no, I'll stop doing them. But I know we've done a few live events in the last four weeks and, and we'll, there'll be another one on murmur one with Christopher guest and striking the right tone of investigation and conversation is, is a really interesting chess. It's not chess. It's, it's chess me versus me <laughs> finding the, the places in the room where this dialogue fits. And, you know, with Donnie, I, I, I guess I suspected and still do suspect that martial arts cinema, which is still a love of mine, needs to be talked about. And why not have a modern practitioner? Now, there are other modern practitioners. and But one of the reasons, we, one of the excitements of speaking with Donnie is we go through a lot of the modern practitioners. We go through Jackie Chan. We go through Jet Li. We touch on... Uh, Wu Ping Yuan. We we touch on a lot of touch on Chuck Norris, <laughs> so you'll hear a lot of this in the dialogue, and that to me is always in the fans' uh, wheelhouse. I mean, I I think genre love and fan love are still alive. So when when in Rome, you know, when we have a martial artist of repute and resume and reputation, why not ask him what's going on? Now often those figures don't have a perspective because they're in the thing itself. You can hear for yourself if you think his perspective 
is interesting, valid. I stay out of the way of that. I've already answered that question for me in in the invitation. The result is the result, and you can hear. When in London, before we get to Donnie Yen, I m- must tell you I actually ran into a few of my students, which was really great. And, you know, part of this, I always think about my students whenever I do this work, whenever I do the show and do the live. Uh, but this time I was able to actually record a conversation I had with them. So I will share that with you now. I think you're going to like it. It's fascinating. It was surprising to me. And then we'll have Master Donian on the state of martial arts. Here's that conversation. Now the conversation. <laughs> But it seems there's no hope now. Yangte, I've taught you for three years, instructing you in my poison clan techniques. Yes. I must tell you that the clan is a danger to the public. We live here in seclusion, so we can talk about the poison clan. Still, for many men, just to hear of the name fills them with hate and loathing. But why? They never harmed anyone. I'm afraid they did. In the past, before I joined the clan. But the point is, I had pupils once. Is that a fact? What are their names? Where are they? I don't know their names now. When they left, they all took new names. As the whole idea was to keep their identities a close secret. So even they don't know each other's names. And while they were here, they always wore masks to avoid being known. Now, I know I'll die soon. And while you haven't learned all of their skills, there's something that I would like you to do. First, I'll tell you about their styles, the poison clamp techniques, the five main styles. The first pupil, his name was Santian. He practiced the centipede style. He was known as the centipede. In fact, the speed he moved was as fast as a centipede. Ah! Ah! Now, number two practiced the snake style. He was known as the snake spirit. He had the speed of a snake. The snake style known for its incredible agility. Agility and speed. <laughs> Number three, practice the scorpion style. The style resembles the scorpion pincer. Number four, and he practiced the lizard style. The lizard is a very agile and nimble style, and particularly effective in climbing. Mastered properly, it enables a man to climb like a lizard. The fifth pupil, he practiced the toad style. The toad style is immensely strong and immune to nearly any weapon. When it's properly used, it's almost invincible. What I taught them could be used wrongly for evil to hurt men. So then, I would like to make sure that this hasn't been the case. And you will do that for me. If they're bad, you must kill them. And to make it harder, they won't show their skills. They'll keep them hidden, unless it is an emergency. (coughs) Teacher, how will I find them? There is a man who could help you. At one time, he was my fellow teacher, but he's retired now. The point is, he is quite wealthy with the money he made through the poison clan. He's living very quietly now in a small town, but I don't know the name that he's using, I'm afraid. 
I want you to find him. Make him donate the money to a charity. But this man, can he find him? Okay, so better than Italian trains. Let's get started. My favorite students are the ones that drop out of school. Today's guest is such a student. He actually learned a lot of his moves on the mean streets of Boston. When he should have been in school, he was tracing lines, practicing motions and movements. This is my kind of student. He's learned his lessons pretty well, from Brazilian jiu-jitsu to uh, Shaolin Kung Fu to Chinese boxing. He's covered it all. He's a true sifu of the form. Please welcome to the Modern School Film, simulcast on Murmur Radio, Master Donnie Yen. Hello. Hi, everyone. A lot of people turn up today, huh? I'm so uh, touched. I feel no pressure. I feel a little pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tell my guests this is not an interview. It's a conversation with 600 of your closest friends. Um, thank you, my friend. It's an honor to meet you. Thank you for having me. No, it's an honor to, to be here with you. It's funny, I was thinking, you know, in Asian culture, there's a kind of reverence for people of accomplishment. Jackie Chan is known as Dago, which means big brother. Do you have such an appellation? Do you have such a, do, do people on sets call you by a, a shorthand now? Mr. Yen? <laughs> <laughs> they call me Brother Don. Yeah. yeah I think it's, it's, it's kind of uh, a cultural thing in, in the Chinese uh, community that they call each other, uh, they call uh, a senior uh, uh, brother this, brother that. Right, right. And, uh, but no, uh, the past uh, 10 years, I got this nickname within the industry. They call me the universe strongest. So in the beginning, it was really funny because, uh, um, you know, the, some media, some paparazzi start calling me in this, and then it became a nickname. And uh, I think because the last 10 years, or maybe the last 35 years, <laughs> I've done 70 movies, and I've done from period films to moderns, like I, I, all the, I played all the heroes. Uh, never, never expected to be a hero in a Star Wars universe, and now I became a hero in a Star Wars universe. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I heard something about that, yeah. I, yeah. I noticed that in passing. I was thinking of the, the word, you know, it's, it's used in the Ip Man series a lot, Sifu. How do you define that? How do you define it? It's just, you can call it, I think anybody who's uh, accomplished and uh, accomplished a lot in their, in, with their knowledge and skills where they can share and pass on to others, that individual can be called a Sifu, uh, teacher. Do you, do you consider yourself Sifu? Uh, you know, I, th I think I'm both. I'm a teacher I'm a, as well as a, as a student. And yeah. I always tell my students, and uh, I don't have martial arts students because I dedicate uh, most of my life 
in the last 20-something years in, in, in the film industry. So I would rather call me myself a uh, full-time filmmaker than, and then I'm an amateur martial artist. But uh, the stu everybody on the set, I considered them, I guess, students, you know, because yeah. I like to share my yeah. experience in the, in the whole uh, decades of making action movies. But at the same time, I consider myself a student because each time I finish a movie, I look back and I say to myself, there are so many areas where I can be even better. Yeah. So I think I'm, yeah, I, I think the more I learn, the more I feel like I'm a student. We're going to talk about some of the great martial artists today. But there, is a, there was a real master in your family, and it's, your mom's kind of a badass. Um, Bao Sim Mark is a Sifu. Uh, talk a little bit about her starting you. How influential was she in your getting into martial arts? I was born in China, and when I was two years old, my father took me to Hong Kong from China because uh, there, that, that was before China really opened up. And I was separated with my mom for almost eight years while I was living in Hong Kong with my father. Uh, my mother was, then was in China, uh, dedicated her time into uh, martial arts. She's always been a martial artist. Aside from, she's a soprano. That is a very strange combination, but I'll get to that. <laughs> she sings and she's a soprano, but then she dedicated herself into practicing martial arts and then became very, very good, and eventually she became a master. Started at the institute, the Wushu Institute. So when she, we finally, our family fi finally reunited uh, around when I was about uh, 10, 11 years old, she came to Hong Kong and united with us. I started, started studying martial arts with her. Then after two years later, we uh, moved to Boston. Then where she uh, opened up her, the martial arts institute, and I started to really pursue uh, the, the, the art of martial arts. Yeah. But when I was a kid, I was always a, uh, you know, immigrants, uh, your parents are uh, always... Uh, have no time for the kids. So, uh, uh, you know, all they do is uh, work all day. And I, I was always a rebel and always <laughs> curious about uh, other forms of art besides what my mother taught me. And I, I used to run around and, and explore uh, the different style of martial arts through my friend studying. Like, uh, you have friends, and maybe he, he, would, he studied karate, and I go to karate dojo, or taekwondo, or, or even boxing. I used, to, I used to go to a boxing gym when I was uh, 14 years old uh, in this really, really bad neighborhood called Ra Roxbury. I don't know what I was thinking. I was 14 years old, and I took a, <laughs> took a, took a train, you know, and I went to this, this really uh, run-down area boxing gym, and I was, a little, I was really skinny little tiny kid, you know. but uh, that was the kind of personality I, I, I grew up with, with yeah. curiosity and, and, you know, went out and explore. Wushu, tell me, pardon my crude uh, memory here, does that word literally translate into martial art? Is Wu martial art? Wushu mean, ex ex exactly, it's the tra exact translation words from the Putonghua, the Mandarin, uh, that's the practice uh, national language in China. Uh, but before that, everybody called the Chinese martial art as Kung Fu, as, as you know. Right. That's Kung Fu movies, that's where the, the words come from, a Cantonese language. Talk about when you first started doing martial arts films. You know, I look back and I say, wow, my God, I did 70 movies, you know I mean? This, I can only fit like nine on the PowerPoint, <laughs> sorry. Did you grow up I grew up watching kung fu films like uh, most of you, you guys, right? One of, our, one of my uh, hobby was uh, watch these, uh, what do you call it, the double matinee? Like a double feature Yeah, double feature, right? Yes. Yeah. So I used to watch every single one of them. <laughs> every nice. single one, you know, I mean, from 
uh, all the old days, Golden Harvest movies, oh. Shaw Brothers movies. I watch every single one, every week, probably three or four movies a week. And then I would imitate all the Jackie Chan movie, all the Jackie Chan Kung Fu martial arts, and you know, of course, all the Bruce Lee movies. Uh, I used to imitate them uh, back in my mom, my mom's school. <laughs> like I would watch maybe thirty six uh, Shaolin, uh, the Shaolin's thirty six chamber, oh, chamber, you know, and then I would go back to my mom's school and and then perform. Did you do that same. thing with the knives? He's, he has knives under his arms, and if he drops the buck, did you do the torture parts of the Shaolin? No. No, I didn't do that part. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. No, but I, it's amazing. That's yeah. wonderful that you would kind of mimic what you saw. Oh, yes. I mean, I, you know, obviously, just like fans, you know, I used to, <laughs> you, used to think, wow, you know, can a person do that? You know, I, I used to imitate yeah. all the Jackie, you know, when he does all the drunken... Drunken master. Drunken master, and he, he does the whole form. When I tell you, and this, you can't debate this, you know there are young people out there imitating you now. I think so now. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, after seventy movies. <laughs> no, it's not. But it, it's which you know, it's it's not about quantity. You've done some amazing work, and you are a martial arts hero. You know, I want to talk about the Ip Man. You know, it's now a household name in terms of a movie series. Where do you place this in terms of the turning points of your career? You know, was this really as big a moment for you? I never thought. I never really have a. I try to take a movie at a time, you know, and uh, even even back in in the days where my career was really at a very uh, uh, at the bottom, I have a couple curves in my entire career. I've been in the business for thirty five years, you know. The, yeah. Back in nineteen ninety seven, when I formed my own f film company in Hong Kong, and I directed my first film, I had a lot of problems financial financial problems uh, trying to put a film together. And, um, but I, when I look back, I said, wow, you know, I've been through so many obstacles from being a student, being an actor, and then an action choreographer, and a director, and a producer. And, and I had a couple of breaks, and do better, bigger movies, then problem came and, you know, and then how you overcome and just constantly have these kind of battles with, uh, with uh, the whole career path. But, you know, now, right now I just kind of enjoy what I do, you know. I mean, I've been quite blessing, quite blessed for the last uh, 12, 15 years. Well, Things have been quite good, so now I'm very fortunate. I can choose my films and do the films I like. Films choose you, too, which is amazing. <laughs> Your point about the arc of a career is very important for everyone in this room, especially fans to hear, because n not every career, no career goes zip like that. Bruce Lee had $50, by his account, $50 in the bank, married with a kid, then wrote his book that changed his life. So every decision is important, but they're not all great decisions. I want to get into the Bruce Lee because I know he's been such a inspiration on, on a cinematic level, maybe a spiritual level, you know, you've paid homage to him in different yeah. films. Talk about your first introduction to Bruce Lee and what did he mean to you when you first started seeing his films? As a young teenager, I needed a role model and being Chinese, I didn't find anybody except for Bruce Lee. And I guess plus the fact that I was a martial artist, I can relate to, or I try to relate to him and uh, absolutely, you know, I mean, you're right you know, about my tribute to, to, to paying respect to Bruce Lee. I, um, you got to remember, during my era, we didn't have a lot of other luxuries. Uh, we didn't have an iPhone, uh, plus my family was uh, uh, working very hard, you know, trying to make a living. So all, all my time was dedicated to just practicing martial arts. I mean, I've done nothing but practicing martial arts. I mean, uh, but also piano, but that's, that, that's, yeah. I don't know if some of you know, you know, that's, I have a, I come from a really strange uh, combination of uh, both uh, music and, and martial arts. My father is a violinist, 
So when I was young, I was introduced to playing piano. And uh, I didn't spend a lot of years uh, studying piano, classical piano, but when I was 14, I met my, uh, uh, a friend, and at the time he was studying piano, and he got me interested in playing piano again. So I started to explore, and I used to go to these uh, Chinatown, boys, Chinatown Boys Club, and hang out in Boys Club, and I found a beat up piano, and I started playing the piano, and I discovered, hey, wait a minute, you know, I have a little, little music sense in me. So I started learning, or relearning the piano, the classical piano, uh, at the time, and I was getting pretty good. So when I was 15, I said to myself, which direction should I go? Should I continue to pursue as a musician or a, a, a kung fu man? And then I said to myself, I can. I was really thinking about going to Juilliard in, in really? New York. I was, you know, wow. I was. I was getting pretty good. You That's know, amazing. I mean? And then I said, you know what? I can. I don't think I can ever be the best musician, but I. I have. I have this feeling inside that I. I believe one day I can be the best martial artist. So I kind of went on the other. Another direction, but don't get me wrong. I still play piano. I was I, say, you know, my play? family plays piano. My kids, my wife, and uh, you know, I still love music. Bruce Lee was a child actor, um, very much self-taught. And w the more I started watching Bruce Lee films this week, um, his philosophy is in his movies. This is one of the most interesting things. He he went into movies because he thought I can reach the most people through the movies. Does that come into your mind when you think of? what movies you want to choose, and your practice. You know, Bruce Lee is a legend, and he's, he, at, you know, he's a ground... Uh, he's just a, an icon of our decades. I, don't, I can't really compare myself to, to his level, you know. Uh, I just... When I make films, I try to uh, use my... As I get more mature and I progress as a human being, my films changes, varies. Like, so I don't really have a deep philosophical approach like Bruce. Although that a, a, most of my films came out and turned out that way, maybe you know, without trying it too hard, it, it, it actually worked out okay. Ip Man has a lot of that for me. You know, there's a scene, you talked, we talked a little bit via email, you talked about a, a, the Bruce Lee film, The Way of the Dragon, which I thought was, it's a really interesting film, Way of the Dragon, because he called it his most personal film. Um, and there's a lot of his philosophy in The Way of the Dragon, and one of the most famous sequences of Way of the Dragon is the fight with Chuck Norris. And at the end, when he, this is spoiler alert, he defeats Chuck Norris, um, he goes over to him and pays a kind of tribute to him. And I, the, your, your work in the Ip Man series, maybe it's scripted that way, but there is a kind of wonderful ghost effect that maybe you're not consciously chasing this thing, but he was an important Chinese symbol. He was the biggest movie star in the world. The I, world. I think he still is. In a lot of respects, he still is. You know? I mean, if you look at all the... The action films today, the whole formula, like the whole uh, one person versus the other person, uh, that kind of structure in an action movies. I mean, Bruce Lee created that back in you know, The Way of Dragon, Enter the Dragon. Then you have all the Jackie Chan movies and you know my movies and everybody else movies. That sort of showdown. Yeah. That, it's funny, Way of the Tra Dragon, watching it again this week, it's almost like a Western. It's very much of a showdown film. Um, were you first watching his movies? You said, were you watching them in theaters? Um, were you watching them, were they playing in homes in, in China at the time? Um, where, where was your first introduction to say, Enter the Dragon? Do you remember the first time you saw that? My father used to take me to, to before I went to Boston, and he used to take me to cinemas, and Bruce Lee was, was one of the, these movies that he takes me to, but not until when I became uh, a little bit older and, and, and started to practice martial arts, and I go to these, watch these, I rewatch these movies, then it really came very clear 
Yeah. You know, I can see, you know, what the beauties in in his films. The, the first sequence in Enter the Dragon is he's that's Sammo Hung, actually. Um, did you ever talk to Sammo about Master Lee, about Bruce Lee? I'm sure I have, you know. I and mean, you know, he he we we have different conversations and yeah. And actually Jackie Chan is in Enter the Dragon as well. There's a very famous sequence. He was in uh Fist of Fury, he's one of the stunt guys that get kicked. And, that's and, right. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And in Enter the Dragon, there's a famous kind of prison break at the end, and Jackie is is a guard because he yeah. used to do um, a, a lot of these a lot of these uh, choreography. And Bruce Lee did a lot of choreography as well. But Way of the Dragon, he also directed. I thought that was really interesting. You've directed. I directed. Yeah. See, this this is the culture in Hong Kong film industry. You know, it's slightly different. Well, a lot different from the West, where. We take up different positions. As an actor, sometimes you direct too. You may not see that actor's credit, but he takes over and he does different, different things. Uh, for example, a fight choreographer, Yu Ping was always a fight choreographer in the beginning, right? But he literally directed the whole sequences of action sequences. Because the director gets out of the way that's always been the practice in, in Hong Kong industry. When you're fight choreographer, you are the director. You take over. And so in America, it's always been that way. And you know, as, as, as a fight choreographer for many, many years, you know, I direct my scenes. Jackie directs his scenes. Everybody has that kind of knowledge and experience in the industry direct, gets to direct their films. Is that, is that kind of mutual respect? Is that kind of culture? You know, without putting your name on it. When Yuma Pin did Crouching Tiger, you think Ang Lee did most of the films, uh, most of the scenes? He didn't. Yuma Pin shot most of the scenes. Yeah. When you watch Hero, Zhang Yimou didn't do many of those scenes. Cheng Xiudong, the other action director, he directed, he set up the shots, he edited the shots. Well, talk about yeah. that because you've had to get used to that where the, the action director doesn't completely take Very, over. very frustrated. My first movie I did when I, uh, I, I did it for Miramax Highlander. And they said, Donnie, can you come in and do this fight? You know, I said, oh, sure. Can I bring my team? I said, oh, why do you need a team? You're, you're a fight choreographer. But they don't understand, you know, for, in my world, fight choreographer, like I take over the, the set and shoot the action. So I guess I learned quickly. So it was just me. So I, and then I, real, I quickly realized that they, they were considered a fight choreographer. It's like a dance choreographer. You choreograph the moves and... And then you let the cameraman or, or, or the director or you know, whoever, the producer even, on the set takes, takes over. But I, I find that kind of silly because no one would understand the movements more than the person who choreographed it. Well, obviously, given the choreographer got to have that years of film experience, he, he understands the, the cuts where the shots are connected together. You understand where the camera angle is, but he should be the one that can provide the best result. I mean, I, I literally, on the set, watch these directors or cameramen figure out how to shoot this. Like, what is this? Oh, let me get an angle here, let me get an angle here. And time has been wasted. I mean, all the, these the, were the horrible experiences I, I, I I went through from High, uh, Highlander, Blade. I mean, well, even Blade, recent. Yeah, Blade Two. You Blade were... Two. Blade Two. You know, again. I mean, by all means, I'm very good friends with Guillermo, and even Guillermo himself admit to me he apologized, Donnie. You, know, you got to understand nowadays the whole Hong Kong action uh, style influence. Every basically all the industry kind of acknowledge that form of art. But back in the days, recently, very only recently, seven, eight years ago, you know, is, uh, the, the practice was still kind of primitive. I call it primitive. So back to what I was saying, Guillermo called me recently and, and he apologized to me. You know, you know I, I, I didn't not know how to utilize your knowledge as a fight choreographer and just had you choreograph some moves and, you know, 
That's why for the longest time, you, when you see a Hong Kong action or the good Hong Kong action movies, the quality is a lot higher than a lot more intense, a lot more intricate, you know, with the shots and how we stage the fight. And, oh, well, how come all the Hong Kong movies, they fight a little bit better? Well, because we, we shot it better. We edited it better. But things are changing now, you know? I mean, I, I did uh, my recent movie, Triple X. Some of the stunt guys, they actually worked in a, uh, with Yu Mo Ping or with, my, with myself, and they study a lot of Hong Kong movies, a lot of, from my movies, like Flashpoint, SPL, so they understand, it's out of to, yeah. uh, to, to study uh, these films, and uh, when you watch the, the action movies today, in the Hollywood uh, blockbuster, you s the quality is a lot higher than before. I watched the Watchmen movie the other day, and that fight, there's a fight sequence that starts the movie, it's actually really exciting they're not martial artists, but it has a lot of martial, martial artistry. So I think Hollywood is... No, I think it's the, not just about understanding the martial art, but the, it's the whole... They understand the importance right. of putting these shots together yes. in, in a very finesse way. Uh, like I was saying, you know, when I did Triple X, the, the stuntmen and the, choreo the stunt co co uh, coordinator and the stuntmen... They told me, he said, you know, the first thing that I do, they have this union in America. Yes. Uh, I've heard, yes. Right. The first... <laughs> the no, I union, know. Right. I know. So yeah. they told me, oh, you know, we, we have to... Uh, the first thing that we do is to study films like Flashpoint, SPL, shot by shot. You know, how do you put these shots together? How do you edit these shots together? It's amazing. I want to go through some of the great martial arts figures, and if you can give me a thought or two on where they sit. You know, are they are they people that history embraces, or where do you put them in, in the in the whole legend of martial artistry? We talked about the Shaw brothers. I mean, anyone who knows martial arts films, you have to know the Shaw brothers' legacy. They're still on TV now, and it's brilliant. What about a Street Fighter? Were you a Sonny Chiba fan? Was he ever in not, your? Not as much. Not, not as, as much. It's a different kind yeah, of genre. Yeah, it's it's right. more of a it's more of a grindhouse genre. I think. You mean those uh, Black Belt Jones? It, it's a little bit black exploitation with a little yeah. bit of uh, drive-in movie sensibility. Right, right. You know, I was thinking of um, this small independent film you just did called Rogue One. Yeah. <laughs> uh, modest budget, I'm sure. And I was thinking of Z Zatoichi. Do, did you watch The Blind Swordsman? Of course, when I was a kid, yeah. yeah Talk a little bit, for those guys who don't know who Zatoichi is, The Blind Swordsman. Uh, these are classic samurai the Japanese movies. Incredible. Yeah. Was any part of your take on your character? I was inspired by these you know, when yeah. when uh, the director called me and asked me about my thought of the character he was proposing to me the uh, at the time, Chirrut. By the way, Chirrut wasn't exactly like that on the script. First of all, uh, he wasn't supposed to be blind. So we had that discussion, and, and, and through creative discussion, he asked me, what do you think, Donnie, because you have so, so much experience in, in, uh, in action movies. So I said, well, I, I looked at the script, and looked at the roles, I said, you know what? I think it would be a lot cooler if he's blind. <laughs> I said, oh, that's interesting. And then, <laughs> you know, I said, and then uh, even with some of the lines, right, and then I also suggested to him he should have sense of humor because I said, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> because the original role was a slightly more cliche, if you know what I mean, like, oh, I'm, I'm getting Donnie Yen, I'm getting Ip Man, so therefore, you know, I'm getting a, uh, you, you know, be, be Chinese, be Zen, be a, a, a Kung Fu master. <laughs> I said, that's kind of, don't you think that's kind of cliche in the today's world, you know, because I, I said that to him, you know, you know on a in a very diplomatic way, I said, you know, I, I, kind of, I kind of feel like, you know, I think the world is ready, you know? I mean, you know, just because I'm Chinese, you know, doesn't mean that, you know, I only eat rice, right? <laughs> so, in, you know, he... Well, I'm glad that yeah. clears that up. <laughs> Some of the lines I even, even improvised on the set. For example, uh, 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 you know, with the part when they cover me with the... And I said, hey, I'm blind. Are you kidding me? You know, I mean, it was, it improvised lines because 
I'm so used to improvisation on, in my world, in Hong Kong films, because we don't have a, we did we never used to have scripts, you know, we shoot it as, <laughs> as we go, as the creative sparks kicks in, right? So my creative sparks kicks in, and, and I said, you know what? I should say that line at that moment, and I suggested, and I said it, and, and he liked it, and, and he, got a, he got approved by, by Disney, and, and it, it became a funny line. It's a beautifully drawn character. I mean, it's so precise and nuanced. And, but when I saw it, I didn't think of it in a bad way. I just thought, oh, it's so beautiful. And it made me think of Zatoichi and the history, and yeah. it was beautiful. But it, I was, that was a little inspiration from several things, right? From the Chinese wuxia movies, as uh, a little bit of uh, uh, the Japanese uh, samurai movies, a little bit of combination of it, man. It, it just years of me playing in different roles, and I was drawn bit and pieces from here and there. But I was on a daily basis. I was shaping the character as I, I was as I was filming. I mean, truthfully, I don't believe you can totally understand your character until the very end of the movie. You mentioned wuxia films. Wuxia uh, was, an, and you mentioned Ang Lee and Wu, Wu Ping. It's funny, your mom is one of the basis of Jade Fox, the Jade Fox character. In when Cr Crouching Tiger came out, my Crouching mother Tiger. called me and said, can you call Ang Lee and tell him that Zhang Zi wasn't doing the swords properly? Wow. Seriously, that's what she said. I said, mom, you know, your this mom is a is movie. Your mom is a badass. <laughs> I <laughs> this is a movie. <laughs> you know, it's, I always, I, I meet Sifu teachers, sensei, every single day, and they used to, ah, you know, Donnie, you could do this in you know, this uh, certain movie, or they, they make their comments on uh, some of the martial arts they, 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 they see on movies, and, and, and they would try to have me to change that because they feel that I, I have the, the, what do you call it, the um, seniority, <laughs> the voice. <laughs> It's really hard to explain to you. You know, I didn't want to hurt their feelings. Right, you know? right. So well, actually, this is a movie. <laughs> well, you, you did the follow-up to Crouching Tiger with Michelle Yeoh, Wu Ping, directed. Was it fun and interesting to be wuxia? I mean, you've done other wuxia I've films. I've done a lot of wuxia films. Yeah. I mean, uh, you basically, uh, you break it down to several categories, you know, in, in these type of films, um, martial art films, uh, Chinese martial art films. The very old uh, wuxia movie like Hero, Shaw Brothers movie, Crouching Tigers. Then you, the closer you come to modern days, for me, for me when I choreograph my, my, my fight scenes, it has to be a lot more real. One of the great things the Ip Man yeah. series did, you know, it grounded the genre yeah. again. I think Ip Man needed to come along. You know, there's not a lot of wire work. There's not, it's very, there's not a lot of. Long leaping kicks. There's a lot of defense, you know, because uh, Wing Chun is is not an. It seems like it's not an attack measure. It's more of a defense. Measure. I might break people's heart, you know. I mean, I only started to study my, uh, Wing Chun a few months before it man. Yeah, we're going to give you all refunds. Um. <laughs> and everybody is like, you know, looking look look at me, looking at me, you know, as. As the, but, the but voice for Wing Chun, you know, I mean, I'm in no position to voice. You've inspired people to want to learn it. You know, and again, not to go back to Bruce Lee, but in the way that these figures inspire, you've changed people's life. Maybe, you know, that's a character. If people can't make the separation, right. that's not your, your responsibility. But you've maybe inspired people to learn more about Wing Chun. And that's amazing. I think that's amazing. You know, you know I think like, uh, a lot of martial artists like, oh, thank you for what I've done. I, you know, I greatly appreciate and... and um, but you know, uh, for me, I'm a martial artist, it, it, it's in my blood, but for me the most important is how do I use my films to connect with people, with emotion, and by all means, if this area in that film can also share some of my martial arts knowledge, by all means. But my priority is always, always trying to make the best film first. Let's do some names. Jet Li, what's been his impact on the genre, Jet Li? I think uh, it's pretty, pretty clearly that before Bruce Lee, there was this, these uh, 
black and white uh, Chinese uh, kung fu movies, poorly shot. And mostly sword play. A lot very, of, very, very slow, and yeah. it wasn't really realistic. And obviously, Bruce Lee really brought the the realism of martial arts into in the movies. He's, and then the comedy side of it, when Jackie Chan brought the acrobatic side of it, then Bruce, uh, when Jet Li came, he brought the northern style of martial arts. See, there's a big difference between South and Kung style of martial arts, uh, Chinese martial arts, uh, compared to Northern styles. Kung Fu movies, the way you look at Kung Fu movies, these kind of, you know, the rhythm is very one, two, three, four, very in a block, very squarish. You know, you, you have a rhythm of these kind of Kung Fu movies, right? right. You duck, you block, you punch. <laughs> so actually, there's, there's, there's a... There's a reason why, because Kung Fu movies were created, started uh, in, from Hong Kong. And Hong Kong, um, primarily Southern Chinese. And the Southern Chinese martial arts, because of their language, because of their culture, is a lot more choppy, like Cantonese compared to uh, Mandarin. Mandarin is very flow, it's like, wow, she's like singing. But Cantonese is like, chop, 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 chop. So the style that we've been practicing, the Southern martial art uh, style for decades, was Southern martial arts, like Honga, Wing Chun, they're very one, two, three, four, five. Like, that's where karate came from, Okinawa yeah. karate, you know, from the Southern style martial arts. So that influence influenced all the fighting styles in majority of the Kung Fu movies. So when you see a Shaw Brothers movies, these fight choreographer or the, or, the, or the actors that understand martial arts, they all learn Southern martial arts style. Yeah. The choreographer choreographed it with his Southern martial arts rhythm. Then Jet Li, Jet Li's from Beijing. He practiced the Northern style, very flow, very fluid. So when his when he came in and they did all the, well, of course, that's another story, you know. I mean, Trey Hock, a great director, helped. Once upon a time yeah, in China. To help uh, Jet with, through uh, Trey Hock's film and, and kind of made that Northern style popular. Amazing. So from Jet Li, during that whole 10 years, he basically changed the rhythm of Hong Kong action movies. <laughs> Is that all? That's a. Do you think. Jackie Chan is a high-level martial artist, or is he more a high-level character creator? Oh, for sure. Uh, uh, Jackie, you know, I have tremendous respect for the big brother, but he started off as an acrobatic. Yeah. You know, he was re re never really a true martial artist, unlike Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee always been, and, you know, today, if you read about his, he's, would consider himself a martial artist before a filmmaker. How about, how about Muscles from Brussels, Jean-Claude? I, I never worked with uh, the Muscle from Brussels. Uh, <laughs> I, I like how you I, said I never that. worked with him before. I met him in Hong Kong several times, you know, but we never really got a chance to. I, I, re, I remember watching his very first film with Corey Yearn. I think he started his career with Corey Yearn, another uh, old-timer uh, Hong Kong action fight choreographer, kind of uh, discovered him. Uh, he played uh, a bad guy, but then he outshined the, the lead. Yeah. That's how he became famous. What about Tony Ja? Oh, Tony, Tony be, uh, he and I became quite good friends uh, shooting Triple X. Yeah. But again, I never got a chance to work with him uh, in terms of like, really working with him. Like in Triple X, basically, I did my stuff and, and you know, I went on to do other stuff and, and he came he, and then. He does his stuff, so I know a lot of fans like to see us together. Yeah. As we finish off our talk today, a couple of I would I came all this way to ask you also about some of the American influencers. Um, of course, we just Chuck call Norris? him Norris in the states. What do you think about Chuck Norris? I mean, I have to these, all of these, every single one of them had their moments 
and their contribution to the whole genre uh, during that period. And these are true pioneers. I mean, we can't really and use today's standard, especially the sophistication of understanding watching the movies. I think modern technology has taught us so much that we can, I mean, we, we, have, all, we have iPhones, right? We can shoot movies by ourselves. Visually, we are a lot more sophisticated. So you can't really look back in these, uh, some of these uh, uh, seniors and, and say, oh, <laughs> yes. you know, it's different genre. It's it like is you, a different you genre. You can't look at, you know, but they, they all contribute a, a whole lot and change the whole, whole history of, of uh, martial art films. Last comment, and then we go. Um, Samui Hung said this recently. He wants to start a school I don't know if he's ever talked to you, a school in Shanghai where he teach martial, teaches martial arts movie making. He's concerned that the old style of martial arts is effectively out of cinema. Um, what do you think about the future? Do you, think, do you think we can have a mixture of high technical brilliance but keep the core physical mastery? I've been doing it. I have been doing it. All along, and I'm so still don't go doing anywhere, it. man. I'm still doing it. I'm still changing. I'm still progressing. I'm still evolving. Of course, you know if you if you if if you watch my films, every single of my films is there's a little bit different about it because I'm evolving. Right. Go back to the same statement I said in the beginning of our, the conversation that I feel like I'm a student all over again. Every movie, I feel like there, there are more things to learn. I think only with that kind of openness, you can bring these type of films to the next level. You know, you cannot sit back and say, oh, the past, you know, we, we used to do this, we used to do that. I never look at a film and say, oh, we used to do that, right. do that. you know. A lot of people give, still compliment, well, compliment with me, with my Flashpoint and SPO, man. I say, oh, you know, this. I never really take it too seriously because I'm not doing... I'm not going to do the same thing again. You know, I want to progress and I want to do something to another level or, or more refreshing. I, I've heard a lot of martial artists say it's harder to fake fight than to really fight. Um, so before you answer that question, could you kick me? Could, <laughs> could you... I think that's the way we should... Can you, like, show... Not, like, really kick me. Could you, like, fake... How, can you show me how the kick would work on me? This has been like a, a lifelong dream. I don't, have, I don't have much time left on this earth. No, I do. But could you just show me, like, without hurting yourself, could you show me, like, what would I keep in mind if you were going to kick me? Yeah. Now, yeah. Okay. So, oh, my God. That's terrifying. I didn't feel a thing. Master Donian, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, London. Thank you we'll for coming. We'll see you again, everybody. So, for the record, what happened there is he uh, came up to me and unleashed a series of speed attacks on my body. <laughs> uh, if you go to our website, murmurradio.com, you could see that clip where he unleashed like a series of like speed attacks, like my face and body with the speed bag. He was amazing. Um, I Cobra Kai'd him after, you know, in the parking lot, I totally Cobra Kai'd him, but unfortunately the Cobra Kai guy and I smashed through the windshield when we were trying to hit the good guy. Ah, nice guys. Don't finish last. We want to thank Donnie Yen for being here with us today. We want to thank you for being with us today. Every Friday, 2 p.m., WHUP FM, 2 p.m. Eastern American Time iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Radio. You can download us and leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Email us through our website, murmurradio.com. Social handles, at MSF Murmur, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. See you soon. <laughs>